Next, next Sunday will be our uh, Christmas service, and we'll be having candlelight service and just the second service next Sunday. But uh, So today, we combined the last two candles of Advent, which is joy and love. And so I want to speak to you for a little while today on the joy of love. Would you say that with me one more time? The joy of love. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your love and the joy that love brings in our lives and in our hearts. We ask you, God, to speak to us today. Lord, and Father, cause our understanding to increase so we have a better knowledge of just what joy and love mean in our life. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so there is a joy of knowing that you're loved. And there is a love that brings joy into your life. And all of those things are wrapped up in him. I want to read to you, and I want you to especially listen to this scripture. If you have your Bibles, follow along with me. But I want to point out some things that I think maybe sometimes we lose or don't recognize uh, about how love and joy play a vital part in our life and how easy it is for us to let go of it. In Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Say that with me. Good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Everybody say to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. When the angels announced that, they brought a message to who? To just the Jewish nation, right? No. It said to all people. And what was that message? He said, we bring you good tidings of great joy. And the good tidings of great joy was that a Savior has been born. In the city of David, Christ the Lord. So it was to, everybody say joy, joy. to all people. Now, how many of you have ever noticed in your life that some people seem to experience joy a little bit better than others? Anybody? Do you ever see anybody that looked like they were always had an elephant on their foot? You know what I'm talking about? It's like they just, you know, that never, it, it seemed like that they, that, that, you know, they've lost the ability to smile to, and, and you, you, you need to understand, look, smiling is so important, I practice it. But 
What are you talking about? This is a true story. I was going down the road. I've, I've shared this with you before, but when you get my age, you're allowed to share things more than once. I learned that from my grandfather. And so I was going down the road, and some of you knew here, so you haven't heard it. So that when I, I, I'm going down the road, and I'm going down the road, and I happen to look up in the rearview mirror. How many of you have ever caught your reflection in the rearview mirror? It's amazing, isn't it, what you look like? You know, I looked up, and man, I, I, when I looked up, I was kind of like this. I've had people drive by me and say, man, when you drive, you don't see nothing, do you? You just drive. I mean, you're just focused. But Paul talked to me one time. He pulled up. He said, I, man, he said, you were in Carbondale. He said, I pulled up right beside you. He said, I was waving at you. He said, I honked my horn at you. He said, you just... He said, I thought about trying to sideswipe you, see if I get your attention. He said, you just straightforward, just. And so I'm, I'm going down the road. I can tell you, I was in Hot Springs, Arkansas at the time. I'm going down the road. I looked up in the rearview mirror, and, I'm, and I thought, boy, you need to work on that. So I did. <laughs> I, I pulled the mirror. Don't let this get out. I, I, I pulled the mirror around to where I could see myself in the mirror, and I'm going, trying to practice on showing I'm happy. I, took, I, I go to Branson. I go to, this is why I need practice. I go to Branson this past week with my grandson, Jonathan. It was going to be the only time that he could go. And Huh? What did I say? Like I said, my grandson, Landon, and, and we went... We went down. That's why it takes a village. No, okay. <laughs> so we go, we're, we're in Silver Dollar City, and in Silver Dollar City, you know, he, they've got these old-fashioned pictures, you know, where they take, you know, like in tintype and all this stuff. And so we dress up like we're from the 1800s, you know, and, and, and we got these top hats on and all this stuff, and we do four different poses, and they said, we want a serious pose. I had that one down. They said, okay, now we want like a half smile. When they showed that, and then we got to pick which one, we did not pick that one. I looked like I had been out on a, I looked like I'd been making moonshine and sampling it, folks. I mean, that, that half smile, I looked like I was, you know, and I'm thinking, my goodness, man. The full smile. See, here's the thing. You either got to make up your mind that you're going to have joy in your life or not, because if you get in between... You in trouble. <laughs> the scripture said, I would that you were hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm. You know the problem with lukewarm is you think you're all right. You know, I'm, I, I'm in a, a half moon. And, and look, God wants us to experience joy. There are some folks that tend to be able to embrace joy more than others. My wife and daughter will get together and... And Bethany will be, they'll be telling something back and forth to one another. And honestly, it's not all that funny. But you would think it was hilarious. They would start and Bethany will take off laughing. And Beth, when my daughter starts laughing, buddy, Katie barred the door. And if your name's Katie, no offense. But they, they, she takes off and she has several different laughs. And she's just like, ha, 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 ha. 
And I mean, man, down on the floor. And, and, I'm, and I start laughing, not because I think it's funny, but because I can't get over their laugh. And then and I'm sitting here going, I can't believe. I mean, now I'm in tears listening to them. And there are other people that don't, you know, now our granddaughter, she's, she's very, uh, how, what, she's very mindful of you. She's three years old. And if you tell her something that's not funny, she'll give you a courtesy laugh. She'll go, ha, 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 It's true story, true story. Ha, 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 ha. Just a courtesy laugh. But there, there are some people that know how to bring it on. Is she here? Melinda, where are you at? There you are. Come up here. See, I was told about Melinda. Oh, now, now come up. No, now you get the microphone. That's why you got it. I just remembered. Now, Melinda, if you would step up here with me. I have been told that you have a contagious laugh. So Debbie is going. The other thing I was told is that, no, no, stay here because I'm not doing this on my own. Okay. So the other thing I was told that is that, 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 that I can't talk. It doesn't take much to get you to laugh. Is that true? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. So what I want you to do, I want to hear you laugh. Girl, you know, look, I just told just, her. Just give a half, half we, you know. Go, oh. I told her we need to record it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's for real, guys. I'm telling you. doesn't take much to make some people happy. It, you understand what I'm saying? So now look, look, well, I could be up here next to her, you know, and, and, and be looking at her. You know, I looked at somebody one time, they come up here, I was looking at somebody and I, I forget what I was even preaching. And I was talking about how your demeanor affects people. And I walked over and I looked at this person and I was going like this. And all of a sudden, man, they, they put their head down and I, and started to, yeah, I, and I thought, wait, wait, I'm, I don't really mean that. So I'm telling you that you're, go ahead, you got it going, girl. But, I'm, but you, you understand, if you're hanging around somebody like her, it'll get on you. So you need to make up your mind that I'm going to have some joy in my life, that I'm going to hang around folks that are, exactly. Give her a hand, would you? Now, here's, here's what I want you to get. And I went through that because the angel says, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to what? All, everybody say it with me, all people. Now, here's my question. Why is it then that all people didn't respond with great joy? Look at Matthew chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. The word troubled there in Greek means agitated. And it just struck me. How that there are some people that when they hear about his arrival, they hear about him coming into the world, that there was great joy. But when others heard about him coming, it agitated them. Why? Because there are some people that 
don't want Jesus in their world. There are some people that still get agitated today when you start talking about him, when you start sharing with them, and all of a sudden this great agitation comes up. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. The angels announced that he brought, they brought good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Why then aren't all people experiencing the joy? Because all people don't want to invite him into their life. They don't want him with their world. They're content being in control and they don't want anything to change. Hear me today. You're not going to experience great joy until you make up your mind that you want to invite him into your world. Lay down your life and say, here I am, God. It wasn't about the circumstances. Because if you study the history, you find out that Jerusalem is under the thumb of Rome. And yet these angels announce good tidings of great joy, not because of what these people are going through, but because of who just entered the world to take them through it. A Savior is born. Everybody say it with me, a Savior do you know what happens when I, I want you to look at what happens when you push him out of your life when you get agitated about him interfering with the way you like to do things I want you to look at what they missed out on I bring you good tidings that phrase means or glad tidings rather that phrase means good news ah wouldn't it be wonderful if cnn or fox or or msnbc could learn that there is some good news in the world I get so tired of turning on. Don't tell me. They, if you watched a newscast, you would believe everybody was going to hell in a handbasket. I'm telling you that there's a God that's alive and well and that he is still in charge. He's in control. And we need some good news. Everybody say good news. Of course, do you understand where that good news comes from? Tell me the word that means good news gospel do you know when you see gospel in scripture it means the good news you miss out on the gospel when you get agitated about his appearance and you also miss out on great joy everybody say great do you know what the word great means everybody say big exceedingly large loud that kind of joy great joy oh I'm just so happy to be with you here today I can't tell you how excited I am about being in service with you and I am so pleased to be able to share the Word of God with you and I get beside myself that's not great joy Somebody said, fake it till you make it. Why don't you just make it? And then you won't have to fake it. Just, just let him in. Just invite him in. And you don't have to go down the road looking in a mirror, trying to get it right. It just comes. 
it just comes. So who was that? Oh, Mandy, you're going to appreciate this. Mandy's in the service. At the end of last service, I was walking up here, and I came up on, I think it was uh, Deborah and Leonard was up there, and I, I put my arms around them, and they said, oh, oh, he's hugging now. And Mandy, Mandy said this to me. She said, he loves to hug. He is becoming another Debbie. <laughs> Praise God. Don't tell me that God can't work a miracle. I'm a hugging machine, folks. <laughs> when God, but you understand that it's not, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. Can I be transparent? When I first came here as an evangelist, I distanced myself from people on purpose because I didn't want anybody thinking that I had overheard a conversation when God was showing me something. But when I became a pastor, God was rewiring me, and it was so hard for me to be able to get my hug on. And Debbie was saying, you, you got to loosen up. You need to warm up a little bit. Man, you, you, you need, people need to know that you love them. I said, everybody knows I love them. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and, and something happened to me. And it's been over the process of going, it's been over nine years now. And I didn't even realize it happened. But when Mandy said that, I can't tell you what that did for me because I realized, I thought, well, you know what? She's not saying it from my perspective. It's something that she, she is seeing. When people see the joy of God in you, it's not going to be because you've been faking it. It's going to be because it got a hold of your life and it's changed you and it's turned it around. Everybody say, turn it around. I don't want to miss out on good news of great joy. Everybody say, joy. You know what the, when I say joy, what do you think of? Happiness. You're wrong. <laughs> because happiness is attached to happenings. Joy has got nothing to do what's happening around you. Joy's got everything to do with who it is that holds you. I bring you good tidings of Great joy, which shall be to all people. Because unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior. He's a baby, but he's holding me. He's a baby. He hadn't gone to Calvary yet, but he's already come into the world. And what he's saying is, the promise has arrived. I'm going to take care of it. You've got nothing to worry about. I got you. There is joy when I think about what he's done for me. Everybody say joy. Now the definition of joy almost seems counterintuitive. The word joy means in Greek calm delight. That's not it. That's not calm delight. See calm, watch this. Calm means to be at rest. To be still. To be quiet. It means not to be agitated. You ever see folks that are Christians, but they're always agitated? I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just, I just, I just, I've met a lot of folks like that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Something's wrong here. Because if we believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, what's this about? See, there's a calm, there's, there is a quietness. There's a 
peace that comes over us. There is a knowing that God has it in control. Everybody say pleasure. I'm sorry, delight. Say delight. The word delight, listen to this. The word delight means a high degree of pleasure or satisfaction of my mind. It means joy. Do you understand the joy that comes to you when you have the pleasure in knowing that God is in control? That all of a sudden things aren't spinning off the axis, that God is still in control? And it is a it's a high degree of pleasure that is not dependent on sudden excitement. Oh, whew, I felt chills. Sudden excitement. If you're living your life and you're basing your joy on sudden excitement, then you're building your world on stuff. You're building your world on circumstance. But when you experience that joy without sudden excitement, you're building your world on a solid foundation of knowing that if God is in control, then everything's going to be okay. And no matter what I'm facing, no matter what storms come to me, I have got joy. Everybody say it with me, joy. I like that song. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. There's an importance in living in joy. Hey, check this out. Look at Nehemiah 8 and 10. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say that with me one more time. The joy of the Lord is Make it personal. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It didn't say anything about circumstances. It didn't say anything about situations. It didn't matter that Rome ruled the world and that Jerusalem was under that control. This is about that the joy of the Lord is my strength. So ask Paul what that means when they got him locked up in prison and he decides to start singing a song. And when he begins to find joy, even a prison can't hold him. When we begin to experience that, it will not hold us either. Everybody say joy. joy. Now, let's look at verse 12. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions. Look at your neighbor and say, why don't you share that with somebody? Why, why don't, do you ever notice how when people are miserable, they like to share it? Have you ever met anybody in your life that was miserable and, and they, they wanted to make you miserable too? Wait, what are you looking at people you sat next to for? No. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? They like that. Misery loves company. But all of a sudden, what happens when you start sharing joy? Oh, joy loves company too. Now watch this. Joy will draw people. And so they send portions 
and they began to make great mirth. Everybody say mirth. Do you know what myrrh is? Mirth. What did I say? Mirth. I'm sorry. Mirth. Do you know what mirth is? It's, it's gaiety. It's excitement. It's what the praise team does every Sunday morning in the back corner. You ready? Run up here. Quick. Hurry. Praise team. Hurry. Quick. Quick. You all do this alone. You ought to be sharing this. You're supposed to send portions to those whom nothing has been prepared. You ready? Get them, get them where they can be seen. Okay, come up here. Quick. What are you doing? Just go. Did you hear that? Just go. Just, what, what, what's she doing? I'm telling you that they do it. Okay, you ready? Do you know what went through my mind the first time I heard that outside my office door? I was thinking, what in the world is happening in the hall? I, I hear this, vroom, vroom, because I'm, it's coming through a door. And then I hear, woohoo! And I go outside, and I, I open the door one time, and Debbie went, come here, come here. And, 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 she, she, and I, so I prayed. I'd never done this thing before. I felt like a duck out of water. They're going, okay, you ready? Pull, peace, love, liberty, unity. See? Peace, unity, liberty, love. Whatever she said. And then at the end of it, they go, woohoo! 8.30 in the morning. A lot of times I ain't ready for that. Woohoo! Yet. But you understand that joy overtakes you. Joy isn't something that all of a sudden you position yourself for. Joy is something that comes over you and it changes the way you look at the world. It changes the way you feel about your situation. Why? Because joy changes you. Somebody say it with me. The joy of the Lord. There is joy in knowing that God loves me. Everybody say, he loves me. He was just a baby in a manger. But the angel said, I bring you good news of huge, large joy. You're going to take such delight in the pleasure of knowing that he has come, Emmanuel, God with us. I want you to say it with me. Say, God is with me. He's, he's for me. He's not against me. He's, he's for me. And when shepherds found out that God had entered their world and was for them, Emmanuel had come, they did the woohoo. They went looking for him. They went searching for him. But those that were agitated about his coming never moved a foot to try and find him. I want to ask you a question today. Are you still looking for him? Are you still searching for him in your life? Because if you're not, then when trouble comes, you're not going to be ready. It could rob you of your joy. When we went to Houma, Louisiana last week, 
when I was on the phone just with the pastors down there talking to them, they told me, they said, man, the people are so excited that you're coming. I'm thinking, man, they don't even know me. But they said, they're excited that you're coming. Why? Because I had promised them something. I had promised that I was bringing something with me. I hadn't shown up yet. I hadn't given anything out yet. They didn't see any of the proof of what I was said I was going to do. Can I tell you that there had been 400 years of darkness, 400 years of silence before the angels lit up that sky with their singing and that star, and they had heard about it, and the people were excited, not because they had ever seen him or all that he had had promised and materialized. They were excited because the promise was coming everybody say I know it's coming the Bible said that they did that that they went in Nehemiah and said that they took and shared it with others because they understood the word that had been declared to them when you understand the word of God and what it says about you and how God speaks his promise over you then you know what happens you quit standing in agitation or disappointment and you begin to move toward the promise. The shepherds moved toward the promise and what happened after they found the promise? They started telling everybody else about it. <laughs> they started telling everyone about the joy that had come into the world. We got down there and had that party and those people that you know men usually hold their feelings back but when that party was over and we were greeting the people as they were going there was a guy I went up and I shook his hands and I talked to him earlier in the evening and he showed me what he'd been through but at that point the only thing they had seen was the table and then as the evening wore on and we began to pass out those things that we had promised at the end of that evening, when I took him by the hand and I shook his hand, there was big old tears welled up in his eyes. And he looked at me and he said, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. See, sometimes it's hard to believe that God's going to do what he said he would do. Sometimes we have to take it by faith but once you embrace it by faith, he makes it a reality in your life. So now here's the thing, is that God wants to use us to bring that joy to others. You remember, they had been hit by a hurricane. Well, Friday night, someone else was hit, if you would roll the clip. That's wrong. There we go. Tornadoes came through. We were in Branson, and my phone went off, and it said, take cover, tornado warning. The tornado went just north of us, but this is Dawson Springs, Kentucky. It hit Dawson Springs. It hit uh, Mayfield. It went in, and it wiped places out. You remember Willard Walls? He pastored a church real close to this. We'd been there and preached before. And this is what's left. And those people 
are devastated. Every, their world has been blown apart. Well, what are you going to do, Pastor Rick? What God called us to do. What we always do. God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I've already been on the phone with a pastor from this area. where He's gathering information for me today. I'm going to call him, and we're putting together a plan to go in and let those folks know that God has not forgotten them, that God loves them, and that he cares for them. And so he's going to use your hands and your feet to make a difference in their life. Can I tell you last week when we did March to the Manger, we didn't know what was going to happen this week, but we took up over $5,900 last week. So we've got a good start, folks. And God is going to use us to bring joy to the world, to all people. There's some good news. You've not been forgotten. You may have gone through the storm, but the storm has not taken out your hope. And as long as there's hope, there is power. Somebody say it with me. Would you stand with me right now? So I want you to put your hands up like this. Put those hands up and look at them. Look at your hands and say this with me. You are God's instruments. He gave me you to use for his glory. So hands, get ready. Now I want you to look we don't have a mirror, so just look at each other and smile. And I want you to say this. God gave you that smile. And he's going to use that smile for his glory. You're getting ready to let people know that no matter what they've been through, God is going through it with them. And you can smile because you've got great joy. Come on and give my hand clap of praise in this house today. Great joy. I'm excited. We don't know what the first step is. We're putting it together now. But this church has always had a heart to give. You've made a difference. So I, I thought about just since we've been here, not just the difference we've made in our own community, but the difference we've been able to make in other communities. When the flood came to Baton Rouge, you went, you sent. When we had the hurricane in Texas, you went and you sent. When we had the hurricane in Louisiana, you went and you sent these tornadoes. You've already gone, you've already given, and we're getting ready to go. From the mountains in Lynch, Kentucky, where we've been ministering for the last several years, and one of the young men looked at me there on this last trip, and his name escapes me. <laughs> He looked at me and he said, Rick, he said, things move slow in these mountains. He said, but you need to know that you guys are making a difference. And he said, if you keep coming like you're coming, you're going to fill this auditorium up. You're going, 
you know what? I don't mean this wrong, but it's really not the auditorium I'm so concerned about filling up. It's their hearts. <laughs> I, I want to fill their hearts with hope. I want to fill their hearts with peace. I want to fill their hearts with the love of God and with the joy of knowing that he never leaves us or forsakes us. Now here, I want you to hear me. You can't give out if you're empty. So you have to fill up so you can give out. Everybody say fill up. My dad used to pull into the gas station. That was when people still put it in for you. He'd roll his window down and say, how much you want? How many of you remember the energy crisis of the 70s? You remember that? I mean, some of you aren't even going to know what I'm talking about. But in the 70s, you could only get $5 worth of gas at a time. And they, no, I'm sorry, not $5. It's five gallons, I think is what it was. Five gallons of gas at a time. Because it, it didn't, I mean, back then you could get gas cheap. Five gallons at a time. And dad rolled his window down and he pulled in to the station. And the guy looked at me and said, how much you want? He said, well, I'd like to fill it up. He said, but I can only get five gallons. The guy said, I'll take care of you. He pumped in five gallons, cranked it back. Pumped in five gallons, cranked it back. He just kept pumping it in until dad was full. Do I, do I want you to hear me. The devil tries to limit you. The devil will tell you all you can have is a little bit. But God's looking at you smiling saying, I got you covered. I got you covered. I'm just going to keep cranking it in. I'm going to keep pumping it on until you're full. And when you're full, pour it out to somebody else. So this is what I want to do today. If you close to the surface, I want you to come to the front and hold your hands up like this. Just raise your hands. If you can't get to the front, just hold your hands up where you're at. And say this, here's my cup, God. Here's my cup, Lord. Some Don't come up with no Dixie cup either. Some folks say, here's my cup, God. Fill it up and it's a shot glass. Bring a cup up here. I got, a, I got a big old cup in the back. It's a coffee cup and it'll hold. Man, I got the thing will probably hold a quart of coffee. It's, it's big. I want you to, I want you to let, what, what was it? Great joy. Big. <laughs> Exceedingly large joy. I want you to hold up that expectation and say, God, just pour it on me. Just pour it on me because I'm ready. I said, I'm ready for you to use me, God. Are you mean that? Then shout yes. yes. Shout yes. yes. All right, stretch those hands to heaven. We're going to pray right now as they sing this song. Father, we thank you that even now you're pouring out to us so we can pour out to others. Use our smile as a testimony to your love. Use our hands as a testimony, God, to your caring. Let our words bring healing and hope. Use us, not just this Christmas season, but every day of the year to bring that good news of great joy. We pray that you pour it into us right now. I hold up my cup. 
and I ask you to let it run over. Let it run over so it will run out on others. I give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, give my hand clap of praise in this Lift building. Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful yes. noise. Blow your trumpets and shout. Shout! the next few weeks you're going to hear me talking about the uh, about our relief effort we're going to form a plan you heard what Amy told you today next time I met she didn't even know I was going to do this but she put a plug in for it she said the next time a mission trip comes along sign up for it it'll change your life forever it'll you know it's easy to complain about the color of your carpet until you go someplace where someone's house is blown apart. It's easy to complain about what you're going through until you see someone else that has seemingly lost everything. But if you hadn't lost Jesus, you hadn't lost your hope, you hadn't lost your peace, you hadn't lost your joy, and you sure hadn't lost your love. Come on and give my hand clap of praise in this house. We love you. We'll see you next week. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow your trumpets and shout.